This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. That's what it is. It's the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thanks for giving me some time. I hope you had a nice long weekend for those of you who did get a little extra time off. I enjoyed that myself. And what did I do? I spent time in the backyard. I'm Danny Landscaper. That's what I like to do. That's what tiggers do best, really, dumping mulch. It's kind of mindless merriment. And uh, the yard looks nice, in case you were curious. I did watch a lot of baseball over the weekend. And why not? Because the stories were so good, especially yesterday, to wrap up the long weekend on Memorial Day. One of the historically outstanding performances in Major League Baseball history on Memorial Day. I'll get to Marcus Stroman, the Cubs ace, and that's what he has become. In just a little bit, dude's been amazing. He's only allowed three earned runs in his last three starts. He was terrific yesterday to get the Cubs off of somebody's proverbial schneid. But the real story is on the south side, and that's because Liam Hendricks is the human condition story that everybody likes to hear. He seemingly is a good guy. Uh, The young 30s right-hander for the White Sox, their closer, 34, I believe, He returned yesterday after undergoing treatments for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and the crowd at uh, what I like to still refer to as U.S. Cellular Field greeted him very warmly and there were nice messages from his teammates on the scoreboard and in the broadcast for the White Sox game and of course social media took to supporting Hendricks. The Sox lost their third straight, and he wasn't very good in the seventh when he got the ball. He did hit mid-90s, I think 96.2 was his best. But most importantly, he's healthy enough to return to a big league uniform. And that's that's been one of the few happy stories out of the Sox this year. Michael Kopech had been the other one. But he got drilled yesterday early. He gave up four in the first inning. A big a big three-run home run was the damage that got it done against Kopech. He settled down after that first, but uh, Brandon Drury just knocking the snot out of one yesterday. Nonetheless, Hendricks comes in. He gives up two runs. He throws 27 pitches. Most of them were strikes, but more importantly, an emotional boost for the White Sox. He seemingly is very highly regarded by his teammates and has been historically. The real story yesterday from a pitching standpoint in the game, other than Kopech and Hendricks, was the debut, the Major League debut 
of a guy who is expected to do some amazing things for the Angels, and that's Ben Joyce, who, when he throws a sinker, still hits 100 on the gun. He was hitting slightly above 102 yesterday when he got the ball in relief. 6'5", 225 pounds. He has been uh, just something Angels fans have been so eager to see. And why not? Yesterday, Joyce was just really reaching back and confusing White Sox hitters. The White Sox lost 6-4. to four. They have fallen to a dozen games below the 500 mark. So now for the flip side of the coin, sorry, I have to live in a real world. What did, what did Red say in Shawshank Redemption? Prison life is no fairy tale. White Sox fans know that rooting for this team is no fairy tale. The Sox are 12 games below 500. They're 22 and 34. My fear, if you heard last week, was they were going to fatten up on the other punching bags in the division, the Tigers and the Royals and even the division-leading Twins, although they've continued to get better as the year has gone on, and the Guardians. It's a crummy division, and the Sox had a chance to put some distance uh, to, to narrow the gap between themselves and the Twins, to do some leapfrogging in the division standings. And they didn't do it, and I'm glad they didn't do it because I don't want anybody getting drunk on the fool's gold that would be winning games against bad teams. I don't care if they're only seven games back, as they are right now, of the division-leading Twins in another month. If you get the right offer, I don't care who it's for. You pull the trigger on that. And the White Sox losing again. And and they're still not 500 at home, by the way. White Sox still can't get it done at home. You, You don't run the risk of them getting drunk on the possibility, the mere chance that they can get into the Derby, get into the postseason. Because as you know, anybody who gets in it can can win it all. Cardinals most noticed, most quick to come to everybody's mind when they won the World Series after winning just 83 games 20 years-ish ago. The White Sox line up again Monday, just listless. They They roll out a starting nine. With a Andrew Benintendi's, I said it right that time, his 270 BA was the best in their starting lineup yesterday. Yoan Moncada is hitting 268. He was an 0 for yesterday. His on base percentage is just above 300. That's really no use for that. Luis Robert, 0 for 4 with three Ks. He's hitting 251, sloshing. As my guy Vandy says, that's what the White Sox have done this year. They have sloshed along to this 22-34 and record, and I'm glad they didn't get fat on those teams in the division. Uh, I I, I would never suggest you tank. That's, I guess, different sport. I mean, way too early in the year. you got to have teams giving their best effort. What the A's are doing is pathetic right now. But I just don't want to see this team get caught up in bad Central Division wins. And now with the Angels, giving them a little bit of a slapping around this week, maybe I don't have to worry about that so much. Hey, let me get to the other side of town. Let me get to the Cubs. And then I have some Bears Kool-Aid for you to drink in just a little bit. 
The Cubs continue with Tampa tonight after shutting them out one to nothing behind Marcus Stroman's gem Monday. Tonight, it's Kyle Hendricks, the professor, making his second start of the year. If you missed last week, go back and find it as we unearth the legacy, if you will, of Michael Co- of Kyle Hendricks. And a fun interview with MLB's Dan Plesak. That was part of the mix on Friday. The Cubs snapped a four-game drought with their one-to-nothing Stroman gem. They're five games behind the Brewers, who are just three games above the 500 mark themselves. Kind of a mini AL Central. You got the NL Central. Cubs have fallen to a plus five in run differential. Now, there's only six teams in the National League that are in positive territory on run differential, but this was something I was really singing the Cubs praises for in the first couple of months of the season, at least the first six weeks. They were among the best. Only the Braves and the Dodgers for a long time were better than the Cubs in the National League. Well, that has changed. It's the Braves leading, followed by the Dodgers. The Diamondbacks now are a plus 13. The Giants are a plus nine. The Cardinals oddly are a plus six, and there you have the Cubs at a plus five. Those are the six teams in the National League, but they are slipping. And will that continue? Yeah, probably. I don't think they're going to finish the year in positive ink. What you want to see, you want to see the continued performances out of your starters. You've gotten really good stuff from Marcus Stroman and from Justin Steele. If Kyle Hendricks could be a four after earning a place in Cubs fans' hearts for a nine-year career is a solid three, the cost-effective third pitcher. Less than $55 million banked in his career. So team-friendly, that's not what I want to get to the gem. Marcus Stroman pitched yesterday. He throws a complete game, and you don't see these in baseball very often. I want to go over some of those numbers in just a second, how how rare the complete game is and where today's best pitchers rank among those who pitched in eras not too far. I'm not going to have to go back to Cy Young for crying out loud, whose 749 complete games are the most in baseball history. What Stroman did yesterday was pitch his fourth career complete game. Here's how unique it was. On Memorial Day, since 1961, and I'm glad they chose 1961 to to start this Memorial Day record, this ledger of Memorial Day outings by starters in the big leagues, it is among the best five in big league history. That's since 61. My lifetime. That's why I like 61. Great year, 61. Gave us Dennis Savard. The Rolling Stones were were getting ready to unearth to the world 60-plus years of magic the following year. Stroman yesterday allowing just one hit. He only walked a batter. The the complete games since 61. Check out this list. It's kind of, it's not the list of perfect gamers, although maybe Jack LaMaybe of the 66 Red Sox. Maybe maybe he is your Philip Umber of this bunch. But Doug Drabeck did it with St. Louis in 91. He pitched a complete game, one hit, 
uh, victory shot shut out for a victory. Obviously, uh, Dennis Eckersley did it with the angels in 77. Denny McLean, the last pitcher, a baseball hall of famer to win 30 games in a season, did it with Kansas city in 66. I don't remember McLean, a Mount Carmel caravan, uh, alum as, as, as a Kansas city pitcher. I only remember him from his tigers days and he pitched him to the world series in 68. I'm pretty sure that was the year he won 30. So Stroman joins Drabeck, Eckersley, McLean, and Jack LaMabe. I think it's LaMabe, but I like to call him LaMabe, like a wannabe. He's a LaMabe or a Lamabe. Uh Anyway, those are the five guys since 1961 who have gone a complete game shutout victory with only one hit allowed. Who is the active leader? Do you know who baseball's active leader is in career complete games in this era of bullpenning, which began to shift radically long before, you know, managers wanted to deploy six pitchers a night. It started to wane even in the seventies, believe it or not. Now I can point to Cubs right-hander Fergie Jenkins as as an outlier here, but even compare you you go back to eras prior to Jenkins, you will find his numbers staggeringly low when you compare him to Cy Young. And I'll get to the number two in a little bit because I have to mention him by name today. It's one of my favorite names in baseball history. The career active leader in complete games, Adam Wainwright, 41-year-old, has thrown 28 career complete games. 28 of them. Justin Verlander has 26, Clayton Kershaw 25, Verlander is 40, Kershaw is 35. Johnny Cueto, let me go down the list of guys who are in this territory who you've seen in recent years, a couple of them haven't pitched this year. Johnny Cueto, Corey Kluber, Zach Greinke, Cole Hamels, he's been done for a bit, Um, Madison Bumgarner, and Chris Sale. Cueto 18, Kluber 18, Greinke 17, Hamels 17, uh, Mad Bum 16, and Sale 16. Marcus Stroman now has four. Roger Clemens was a great pitcher for a long time. He had 118 complete games. So you, you're not see you're never going to see, obviously, guys even flirt probably with 50s in career games. But Clemens has not been gone for all that long, and he accrued 118 complete games in his big league career. The guys I think of when I grew up watching the game, since that great year of 1961, of course, but when I start watching baseball in the late 60s and my cherry buster as a fan. Cubs and Cardinals at Wrigley, June of 68, Jenkins against Gibson. That's a nice way to start. That's that's like Toby Maguire in the Cider House Rules, losing his virginity to Charlize Theron. Cubs won that game 3-1. to one. My hero, Billy Williams, did not homer, but he doubled and scored a run. Jenkins, 267 complete games. He led the league four times. I always think of Fergie, and this is in the era of 39 and 40 starts a year. In 71, Jenkins threw 30 complete games. It, that That's more 
than Wainwright's career. Jenkins did it in one year. Adam Wainwright, the active leader, 28 career complete games. Fergie did it in 1971. (laughs) He threw 29 CGs in 74. 24 complete games in 1970. And in 1967, 20 complete games. This is a guy who, when pitchers were expected to log 325 innings a year, the four-man rotation, guys were expected to go deep into games regularly. There weren't set-up guys. Closers in that era would pitch two, three innings. It was a different time. More recent memory, Jack McDowell of the White Sox. He was a bulldog who a couple of times in his career as a starter for the White Sox led the league in complete games. He did it in 91 and again in 92, 15 and 13. So even Jack McDowell, who is not, you don't think of McDowell based on the guys who were pitching when he was pitching. He wasn't Clemens. He wasn't Jimmy Key, maybe. Um, different type of pitcher, lefty, righty, but uh, he's not one of the first guys you think of. Even he wound up with 15 complete games in his season. That's more than half the total of Adam Wainwright's career. So that's how that's how different this is turning this year. Last season, there were 36 complete games pitched in Major League Baseball. This year, there have been 14 thrown. 14 complete games this year. And Marcus Stroman of the Cubs um, snapping a, a drought yesterday for the Cubs as they wind up beating Tampa one to nothing in a nice snappy ball game. And uh, hey, look who showed up for it. Pat Hughes was in the Cubs booth. All-time leader in career complete games, Cy Young, 749, who's number two, Pud Galvin, 646. I love the effort made by Pud. Pud went all the way. Pud can go deep in games. You'll never slap Pud around. Bears Kool-Aid? Yeah, I got it for you. I'm Dan McNeil, and you're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you've not done so already. You can do it anywhere you get your podcast, and tell a friend. The Macker isn't done sharing his deep sports thoughts with you. You can find me twice a week. Typically on Monday late mornings we drop, and then again later in the week on Thursday. I'm Dan McNeil, and I am not finished saying things about stuff. Later today, DeAndre Hopkins officially will be a a free agent. The Cardinals, it was announced Friday the Cardinals had released him, but they actually had not. They were going to spend the weekend trying to work the phones and barring a miracle. Nobody's going to want to pay for this guy who blew out his MCL last year. And then not long ago, we find out, was criticized by some members of the Cardinals organization for not playing in weeks their 16th and 17th games of the year. It's not uncommon for veterans who are high-priced when a season is lost to to, to sit. I, I'm not going to throw darts at Andre, DeAndre Hopkins for how he finished with the Cardinals last year, who are going nowhere. I will, with Adam Thielen of the Vikings two years prior, uh, prior 
when the Vikings were still very much alive and he wouldn't get his ass in, in, in uniform. But DeAndre Hopkins has gone from being among the elite to just another guy. And somebody will employ him this year. I hope it's not going to be the Bears. I don't know why they would be interested. He has not been available in recent years. Last year, he started only nine games, and he has had a ton of injuries in his career. He's had chronic hamstring issues. He's been concussed. He's got the MCL. He's missed time with a neck. He missed time with a wrist. If you if you can get it, he's had it, and his production has waned. However, I'm wondering, based on how quickly, at least I consider this quick, the rapid dissension and where he where he falls among the great receivers in the game today. If Bill O'Brien, who was the big boss, if big goof of the Texans, when Houston made the deal with Arizona, sending Hopkins to the desert, and the Texans got David Johnson, who already had suffered a tough injury with the Cardinals and was five years in to his career. We all barbecued Bill O'Brien because we all thought DeAndre Hopkins was one of the greatest talents in the NFL. He was. He had great hands. He was a tremendously gifted acrobatic on the sideline, at the boundary, in the just great hands. Go up and squeeze the ball. Take it away from you. Justin Jefferson does that very well these days for the Vikings. That's what we thought of DeAndre Hopkins. And Bill O'Brien already had made questionable decisions from a personnel standpoint. We'd seen a history of the Texans sucking ass. I mean, let's call it what it is. Administratively on the field, they've had very few highlights in team history. And O'Brien was taking it further into the sewer. So it was easy to rush to judgment and say, a running back? especially in today's era when guys like David Johnson fall apart. And he, he did do that. He only had one really semi-productive year with the Texans. He was hurt all the time, but DeAndre Hopkins only had one good year in Arizona. That was his first year in 2020. He caught 115 passes for 1,407 yards. Now he did bust a thousand, busted 1,100 actually, um, two years prior to that, but first year in Arizona, six to six touchdowns and 16 starts. That's the last time he was able to go the distance. He only started 10 games in 2021, only started nine last year. His, his production has been dipping and fast. It's a guy who led the league in touchdowns in 2017 when he had 13 of them. We remembered that guy, the first team all pro three times in 17, 18, and 19. But man, as he had his injuries, just can't, can't look at him anywhere near. So yes, the Texans still lost the trade. I'm not saying that trade was a wash because DeAndre Hopkins is looking for work four years after the fact. I'm just saying it's, it's not as one-sided as it was. And David Johnson, I think, played five games for the Saints last year. He's he's done. Of course he's done. He's been in the league a long time. He's a running back. 
Although there are some running backs out there who are trying to change the future, Christian McCaffrey just might be that guy to do it. Later in the week, uh, I want to get back in the mailbag. If you'd like to get to me via Facebook, that's the best place to do it. I will post on my Facebook and a room for you to get me some questions or comments, anything regarding the podcast that you would like to comment or question about. And I'll address some of those later in the week. I could also do it on Twitter if you'd be so inclined. At Danny Mac Show is where you find me on Twitter. Glad I got that right today. Recently, I, uh, I gave an old radio station's handle. You want Bears Kool-Aid? I've got it for you. Guess who's in town? Gervon Dexter, ladies and gentlemen. The second round pick out of Florida has just been eye-opening in OTAs. Man, does he get off the ball. He's expected to be stout against the run, but will this nose tackle also be a man who can get pressure on opposing quarterbacks, something that the Bears were dreadful for? They just nobody on that D line last year got pressures. They were terrible rushing the passer. Gervon Dexter has been opening eyes, plenty of power. He has got the hand slapped down, and his motor never stops running. Get ready for the Gervon Dexter era, Bears fans. Do not embrace this idea if the Washington Commanders have a terrible September. Your team should make a pitch for Chase Young of Washington. They shouldn't. He doesn't care. He's never going to be a big a difference maker in the NFL. Second player chosen in the draft a few years ago, and it's not just because he's hurt. It's because there's a reason he gets. He doesn't get his ass in the weight room enough. Chase Young may be better than what they've had, but you can't count on Chase Young. I saw it suggested over the weekend Chase Young could be an early in-season acquisition for the Bears. Oh, man. Really? Is that where you're at? Nah. Why? Why? They got Gervon Dexter. Now, there are other pass rushers, too, floating around there, too, or who will be. There will be more guys who are salary cap casualties as we get further um, into the offseason and nearer to teams reporting to training camp. Don't let it be Chase Young. Can't do it, Mike Singletary. Adam Delavitt is the guy who's in charge of the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. I thank Adam for these chances. Again, hope you had a great weekend back in a couple of days. Sam Michael is my producer. I'm Dan McNeil. Thank you for listening. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.